Dean, please tell me something about your childhood uh, years, the family uh, circumstances you grew up in, and let's know just what uh, those years meant to you. Well, thank you very much for for having me on. It's lovely to be here. Uh, We were born in Desert Martin. Uh, That's where we, we grew up at. And when we when we were quite young, uh, we were sent off to Sunday school and every children's meeting uh, that would have been about at that particular time. Uh, we stayed for Sunday school, waited on for our church service where mum and dad would have met us as well. Uh, now my, my parents weren't saved at that time. Uh, and whenever they, whenever my, my father went to a, a funeral service one day, that's where he heard his need of salvation. Uh, whenever he whenever he got saved that particular day, things changed dramatically in yeah, our homes. I'm sure they did. But what were some of the changes you saw? The main main change was we we started attending a different church, and the difference for us was we we heard very much about our need of salvation. We were sent to uh, our children's meetings where we heard all about uh, Jesus dying on the cross for us for our salvation, and we knew what we needed to do. And very, very shortly after after my parents had got saved, uh, I I got saved just at my bedside one night, mm-hmm. uh, following uh, a children's service. And we, I was age nine, uh, the twentieth of June, nineteen and eighty-eight. And the Lord uh, very clearly showed me what I needed to do. And I remember just in childlike faith, uh, asking the Lord Jesus to come into my heart and mm-hmm. to save me. You know, sometimes people wonder how clear that kind of experience could be at such a tender age. But it obviously was real to you, Dean. Well, that, that's that's very true. And it's, it's something I've been pressing on uh, anyone involved in children's work uh, today, that children do understand the stories they're being taught. And children really do understand what it means to have Jesus in their heart. And it's uh, something I try to impress upon anyone involved in children's work, that there is a work being done. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter perhaps how disruptive they might be in the children's meeting. It doesn't matter if you think they're not listening. There's always something going into their hearts. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it went into my heart, and I knew very clearly at that age that if I wanted to go to heaven, there was something special I needed to do that involved asking Jesus Christ into my heart and asking him to take away my sin. Were you the only uh, child in the family? No, I had a. I have a sister. Uh, my sister's a couple of years younger than I am. Uh, my sister actually got saved. Uh, would have been a few years uh, after that. It was at a, a children's camp. So again, she was at a, a young age as well. But yet again, she would testify to the same thing. She knew what she needed to do. And mm-hmm. the Lord spoke to her about her, her need of salvation also. How did you cope with teenage years? They always talk about adolescence being kind of stormy yeah. sometimes. And did your experience hold good during those years? That's that's the big question you will you will understand from everybody who gets saved, perhaps young. Uh, primary school is relatively easy uh, to to work your way through. There isn't as many temptations and there isn't a, 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 as many hardships for young ones to go through. But whenever you transfer over into secondary school and you grow up through teenage years, there's so much more uh, that the world can influence the people with. My big problem 
and I'm ashamed to say it was I failed to take my stand uh, at that early age and I failed to to say that I was a Christian. Mm-hmm. I never got into uh, the real things of the world as such as many people would would talk about the smoking and drinking etc. That, that never appealed uh, to me at all. Uh, but I just didn't follow the Lord as closely as I should have done mm-hmm. uh, throughout my throughout my teenage years. My big love at that time was sport and football in particular. And I would have played football every night of the week I if I possibly could mm-hmm. uh, and then couple that along with uh, uh, going to the gym etc to try and keep myself fit for the football and things just really started to to take up my time mm-hmm. and things of God just seemed to be pushed to the side uh, I had unsaved friends uh, but they were the best of friends, a lot of them I still keep in contact with today uh, they they weren't Christians, but I have to say to their credit, never once did they offer me uh, a cigarette. Never once did they ask me did I want something to drink. Uh, they maybe realised uh, where I should have been, sadly to my shame. Um, but I just never followed, and football just really seemed to control things. Obviously, there came a point when you had to assess just what direction you were going to go in. Correct. No man can serve two masters. That's correct. And it was very clear as I went through school and I remember as I was due to start university, I remember very clearly praying to the Lord and I, I, I as clear as we're talking now, I remember saying to the Lord, listen Lord, if you will have me back again, give me one Christian friend as I start university. Show me that you're you're still there listening for me and give me one Christian friend as I start university tomorrow. And I started the University of Ulster in Coleraine the very next day and as I walked down the main entrance towards my classroom, uh, out of all the hundreds, possibly thousands that were about that particular day, I walked down to my lecture theatre, lecture theatre 8, as I walked down there was one man standing outside the classroom door and I walked over to him we got chatting and I says to him are you a Christian he says brother I am and uh, that that fella is Stephen Fletcher still remains a very close friend Mm -hmm. of mine to this day Mm -hmm. and I went home that night and I got down on my knees and I asked the Lord for forgiveness Uh, I came back to the Lord and the Lord has been very gracious and merciful to us and the Lord has been brought me back mm-hmm. to himself again. You finished university, Dean, and uh, you went into secular employment for some time. I did. I came out of university. I had a computer uh, science degree, and I worked for a bit for, for a company uh, fixing computers and uh, network maintenance, etc. Um, but then the, the opportunity came up. Uh, there was a job advertised. I felt I was... I could apply for it. Mm-hmm. It was in spare and metal products up in Draperstown, and it was for a sales job. I had no particular sales uh, experience. experience in my life, but I filled out the application form, got the interview, and was offered the job that very evening. And I worked uh, as a sales executive uh, for Sperrin and got promoted then to area sales manager, and I worked there for for six years mm-hmm. and really enjoyed my time there mm-hmm. at Spare and Metal 
But now you're involved full-time in Christian ministry. Obviously, there came a point when the secular employment gave way to a different course. That's correct. Uh, That's coupled with many, many sleepless nights. Um, The Lord, I I knew the Lord was, was working in my life. I had been attending a mission and the the minister that particular night had been saying about how we all have to be uh, finding out what the Lord wants from each one of us as individuals. And I remember that night simply praying, saying, Lord, is there something you want me specifically to do? Mm-hmm. And I prayed that prayer uh, faithfully, asking the Lord to show me, is there something that he wanted me to do? Uh, during my readings then a few nights later I opened up my Bible my readings uh, was that uh, that passage uh, how shall they hear without a preacher Mm -hmm. and I remember very very clearly I remember setting the Bible on the side of my bedside table and laughing as I went to sleep and says anything but that I didn't feel I was up Mm -hmm. to it at all Mm -hmm. and I I set the Bible down and the next night I was praying over again what the Lord wanted me to do. And the verse that particular night that my reading was, was Paul uh, in front of Agrippa, and uh, uh, Acts chapter 26. And it says there simply, to rise for this purpose I have ordained thee to be a minister. And I started to take note of all these little, little occurrences that the Lord was showing me. And as I prayed over that, the Lord very clearly was showing me down mm-hmm. that particular route. Mm-hmm. Um, we we prayed much because we, we thought to ourselves, we that's my, my wife and myself, I should say, that we had two small children, we had a mortgage, we had bills coming in, and the Lord was very clearly showing me that he wanted me in Bible study. Uh, the passage that uh, meant so much to us was that passage and it came to us uh, in many different ways was consider the lilies and went on to say how they toil not neither do they spin and those words they toil not neither do they spin and yet the scriptures tell us that the Lord looked after them looked after the birds of the air Uh, this was really hitting home to us Uh, four different meetings I attended and each of those meetings The ministers didn't know what I was going through. They knew nothing about the call the Lord had on my life. And each of those meetings, each of those ministers preached on that text, Consider the the Lilies. Mm -hmm. I went to a fifth meeting and the minister got up. He read from a passage and I breathed a huge sigh of relief. It wasn't that passage at all. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm finally getting a break here mm-hmm. and the minister said before I sp- before we speak tonight I'm going to ask our brother to come and sing and the singer got up and he sang that piece Consider the Lilies <laughs> so I thought to myself I'm not getting away no, too easily here no. but that was, the, that was the Lord really focusing in on my life and whenever we, we prayed about it together I sat down and wrote out my resignation letter and it was the next morning I handed it in to my employers at spare and metal, and we step from there into full-time Bible mm-hmm. study. At this stage in your life, uh, Dean, I know you now as a pastor ministering in Money More. That's correct. And I know that uh, there are phases in your life, uh, but the time is going along so quickly. 
step by step that the Lord has brought you and Deborah and the children to where you are now. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your ministry now. Well, we were we were called to Money Moore Congregational Church. Um, we were approached by the the elders of the church to consider moving to Money Moore uh, as pastor, and we sat down together. We prayed very much over this situation, and we asked the Lord to make it very clear to us uh, where He wanted us to go, and. We sat down and we, we prayed things over. The Lord gave us very, very clear verses. Knowing the layout of Money More Congregational, the verses mean so much more. Because as you look out in Money More Congregational, you've got the Slave Gallion Mountains behind you. And that was what the Lord used to direct us towards Money More. Mm-hmm. The verse he gave us there in uh, Micah chapter 6 and verse 1. He says, Hear ye now what the Lord saith. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Uh, the Lord then continued as we were coming into Money Moor. There's a small river as you're coming into Money Moor from the Cookstown end. And we you have to cross over that little river over the bridge before you get to the church. The Lord made it very clear to us uh, in the verse in Genesis 31. It says he fled all with all that he had and ch- and, and he rose up. It says he passed over the river and he set his face towards the mount. And the Lord made very clear, that's just two, I'm very aware of time, but that's just two of the many verses Mm -hmm. that the Lord has given to us. And every one of them directed us very clearly towards the mount. To work in the mount, to let the hills hear your voice, to set your face toward the mount. Uh, And then the the Lord gave us the verse then that says that the sheep were like... uh, the sheep were scattered because they had no shepherd and the Money Moor Church had been vacant for a few years and the Lord just had led us in that direction and we made contact with the church and says that we would accept the call and the Lord has been doing great work in yes. the church in just to say a minute of time can you tell us just some of the encouragements very quickly the main encouragements we've had so far is we have seen new faces coming to our services there has been faces perhaps who had left at various stages who have now returned and enjoying the meetings. Uh, the Lord has saved uh, three souls um, just before our mission uh, in November. And all these just added together, we believe, has been a real seal on the ministry. Mm-hmm. It's lovely to see numbers uh, gathering in on a Sunday morning and a Sunday evening and seeing the church starting to be well packed up again. I see. It's great to see the Lord move and we trust and we hold on to that for the future. Dean, uh, if there was a request you'd like from any of the people that are listening in today, mm-hmm. what would you ask for? Well, I I trust that the, the listeners today just continue to remember the work up there in Money More. Keep us in your prayers. That's the that's the main uh, the main reason we are where we are today is because we have a God answering prayer, a prayer answering God, mm-hmm. one who hears our prayers and one who answers our prayers, and that's exactly what I would ask the listeners today to remember us as a family and remember us as a church up there in Money Moor. Pastor Dean Kasky, thank you so much for giving us of your time this afternoon, and may the Lord bless you and Deborah and Leah and Caleb as you continue to serve Him in Money Moor. Many thanks.